Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio. You know that no one likes my company anyway. But if you listen closely and talk intelligently, then maybe you can be a disappointment. The views and opinions of the Disappointing Radio Show do not reflect the views and opinions of WWSU Radio, Wright State Universities, nor their entities. Now that we've got our formalities out of the way, let's take our clothes off and get at each other. No, I'm just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Disappointing Radio Show. You've mistakenly, or I guess, been twisted in by me guilt-tripping you into watch, uh, watching, listening to the show on Thursdays. Welcome for all of you that are about to spend an hour and a half regretting your next decisions. Today's episode is going to be all over the place because I don't know where it's going to go because that's life and deal with it. Today's guest on Mic One is... The Knight. Oh man, I'm excited. We knew each other from the radio station. You became a director. Now you're working on other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a local rapper. Yeah. You've been booked at G- JD Legends, which I know that doesn't mean a lot to some people at home, but to put it in perspective, one of my closest best friends, Knox Morris, got uh, booked there multiple times and now is in Nashville, you know, getting his own EP made, like, uh, a, mul- like a multi-song record. So that's cool. Okay. So if Knox, you're going to be booked at JD Legends, you must have some skill. So that's why I brought you, because you must be worth my time, sonny boy. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to start off by saying, you know, there's not a lot of people in the radio station of color in terms of, like, staff. So when you first came, I was very excited. And because everybody knows at home, I'm a very predominantly black male. And it's nice to see you of my kind. And for all of you snickering at home, because you know I'm a white kid that looks like a Jew... Uh, <laughs> see, that's a rough joke to pitch, especially right at the beginning. The I'm black. No, I'm kidding. I'm a Jew. See, that's that. That's that 80 year old margin mm-hmm. of like fan base. We're trying to hit for comedy. It's like, ah, you finally said Jew. <laughs> but then they're really waiting for me to say like, and then, you know, you, you slip a K-I-K-E and they're like, whoa, I didn't even know people still knew that <laughs> <Yeah>. word. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> so oh, we are going to talk rap. We're going to talk music. That's why I thought I'd bring you on is because I like to talk music with my buddies. Mm-hmm. And you being of equal color as I, <laughs> culturally, <laughs> um, we could talk some stuff that I think we both know about. Like big gangster rap and the complexity of Biggie and Tupac's relationship and how without that feud, I don't really think the East Coast, West Coast like explosion would have happened. Mm-hmm, and right. That's important because because of that, a lot of good albums came out because... They had good lines for beef. Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, so like I don't know. Everything is for a reason, and I've ne- I, I never want to say like those two dying was a good thing. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like I think it had to happen at some point. Someone had to die and be like immortalized in bronze forever as like rap god of this side of the country, and then another person had to die on the other side and be that god, and then both of them in death will become friends because in life. They were struggling, and that was just happened to be Biggie and Tupac because they were really close friends, and then fell out. But man, I don't know, man. You want to know something though? I after you know looking into it a little bit, I don't think Tupac died from the East Coast West Coast thing. No, I don't think it was. Like I, I, at I all. think I think Pac died from some like I just think dude. L, I think L.A. gang culture had a lot to do with you know Pac's death because uh, that the night he got shot. They I got into a fight with, you know, us gang members at the casino. Right. You know, Biggie and, you know, Puffy and all them, they didn't, I don't think they had anything to do with that. Dude, I don't, yeah, literally, I don't like, he's been in so many interviews after Pac's death about the situation. He's like, dude, I didn't plan it. There's nothing like that. Like, right. we were homies. Yeah. And then he got 
caught up in some stuff in New York when he was on his way to be in a building I was already at, not right. to see me, but to make a record with somebody else. But if he's in the building, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you know, what's up? Like, yeah. he's my homeboy. Let's, you know, let's smoke blunts. Let's write lyrics. Let's do whatever. And when that happened, he was devastated. Right. You're not devastated if you planned it. Like, he was, I mean, but here's the other thing. Why didn't he, you know, bail him out? I've always thought about that. Why didn't he bail him out? Well, see. Why does he have to be the guy to bail him out? I'm not, well, see, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't know And here's the other that, thing but... I'd like to pitch. If, if Biggie would have bailed out Tupac, mm-hmm. Suge Knight would have never done it. And say what you will about Suge Knight, he funded Death Row Records. Oh, he yeah. funded the relationship between Snoop Dogg, Tupac, and Dr. Dre oh, and sure. produced some killer music. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's he, yes, he may have killed, you know, what was his name, Eazy-E from NWA? I don't think he did that. There is a lot of speculation to say that like he got girls with AIDS to bang him so he uh. would die of AIDS. That's some next level chess, yeah, killer stuff. I don't, I don't but you know, know what? The sad, that. the more thing I think about it is like, you know what? That is very possible. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, do you credit that man to that level of intelligence, or do you just go, he was a gangster and he was a mean guy that knew how to make money, and nah. maybe people are making some stuff out to I, be what think, it's not. I think with Easy E, I feel like I, I think that's what happens when success is too good for you. You know what I'm saying? Right, and you're kind of just and, sleeping with everybody, and, 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 and that's what I like yeah. to think is that like there's no overlording evil of rap music, and it's not like out to get anybody. And uh, I don't know, I mean, but but I, to this day, I'm still scared. Like, what if like if you're a new rapper and you want to get in the game? What if there is like some kind of Suge Knight overlord that you have to impress, or or some kind of other side of the country affiliation that you have to be merited by? You talking about gatekeepers or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Like the game is hard to break into. Mm-hmm. But with the usage of the internet, now it's easier to get into. Mm-hmm. But because also with the usages of the internet, it's easier to die and be found where you are. And mm-hmm. it's just scary. And it's a scary game. So, like, those who want to enter it, I, I, because you of knowing the history uh-huh. and where it's going with the potentiality of technology, yeah. you have to be a madman. Because people say, oh, it's like a very low percentage of people that make it in music or comedy. Mm-hmm. No. If anything, I think anyone who can just stick it out long enough yeah. will make it. Right. It's just sure. the game is getting that much harder for people to stick it out. Yeah. But anybody can do it. it yeah. It, it's hard for people to stick it out because, you know, everybody wants wants things to come fast. You know, that's the era we live in. Like, everything got to come quick. But with this, you know, you got to take your time with it and you got to be consistent and you got to have that patience or else, you know, you're not going to get to where you want to get but i definitely you know see where you coming from though like it's a hard field to break into and and as far as like getting as far as like what you were referring to as far as like you know like uh you know getting to like that top top level being able to reach those cliffs yeah because somehow like it feels like there's secret gear uh that only a select few know about like special mountain climbing gear to the mountain of success in music or comedy or whatever. Right. And you have to literally either train. It's almost like anime. Uh Like when you, like you're a hero and you go to the big tournament and you don't win. Uh-huh, and yeah. they're like, oh, I'm defeated. But then after the tournament, you meet an old man. Right. And he's like, I will teach you the ros- the Rossing gun. I mm-hmm. will teach you like this crazy Dragon Ball technique. I will teach you how to use your devil fruit powers. Whichever mm-hmm. anime you like, yeah. fill in the blanks. The point is, you need some kind of next level teacher mm-hmm. to show you the techniques that everybody can access. Right. You just don't know that hidden knowledge of success yet. Mm-hmm. Then you got those skills. 
then you absolutely like multiplex into this hero climber that's all of a sudden now at the top of the mountain with breath to spare. And now Newt, what heights now will you hook with your chain of climbing to say potentially clouds and space and just keep going? You know yeah. what I mean? Well, like, I, I think one thing artists need to know who are or one thing they should know is that you don't necessarily need the industry to become successful. Like right. there, there are there are a lot of artists. Skill merits. Yeah. And the game will spit and chew out people who aren't good. Right. No matter your in a lot of fields, you can get by with not being good. But like music, comedy, when mm-hmm. it's just you on the stage. People notice. Yeah. You can't even steal a joke nowadays like you could in the old days. Not that anyone ever should. And if you do steal a joke, pity on you, son. Right. Because you're not good enough to come up with your own material. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's an environment that is also self-cleaning internally 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's not a constant in a lot of environments. Yeah. So to have that is nice because skill will merit skill and stay and those who aren't will got die obviously but like die in the environment and not right. be a comedian or not be a rapper or not be a you know i don't know <laughs> fill in the blank with whatever you yeah. like to watch uh-huh. juggler <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just <laughs> I, I i think everybody can chase their dreams and i think it's just society's needs are the reasons people can't mm-hmm. and that's what we should really recognize that like there should be more musicians everywhere and artists and that's really what should our all our worries be but because of media and war and things and it's just not the it's not a lot it's not a life you're allowed to live you just have to i feel like it's it's important for everybody to to know who they want to be and like you know how they want to go about it right not not everybody's meant to be a superstar or be like you know well i don't even mean it to be like famous i more mm -hmm. mean it in the sense of like just do something that doesn't require any like mandates on time uh yeah or like like you're not a doctor. No one's going to die. You're not a lawyer. No one's getting the death penalty if you don't crack the case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's no deadline of death or despair or something major. It's just that you get to take your time and just do stuff you like. And yeah. that, and art can be, like, music or, like, painting or, like, making stuff or ain't literally anything. Any form of external expression mm-hmm. via color or contrast or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. If, if people just worried about that kind of stuff... People wouldn't be upset. Like they would be like, "Wow, I don't have to worry about being shipped off to war." And all these people that are raised into military families don't have to do that because there are no wars and everybody's friends. So now, maybe your mom is an expert like pot maker and she's really good about making like some specific kind of like clay work. And now that's your whole thing, and you're really good at it. And you make a mosaic that has like basically the Mona Lisa on it, and you're amazing. And it doesn't matter. And like. Maybe you never get famous, but then some dude discovers it 40 years later and it's named the greatest art piece of the world. And mm-hmm. even though you didn't get the credit, your work survives. And that's what's important. Right. So yeah. like, ugh, like it doesn't matter. I mean, people stress on death. People stress on this kind of stuff. Dude, just do stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're that worried, don't sit and think. Do stuff. Absolutely. If yeah. you want to be remembered as a musician, make music. Even if it's terrible, archive it keep it maybe people will find it years later and call you a secret genius that no one cracked sample from it and then boom all of a sudden your great great grandkids that you didn't even know you'd have Mm -hmm. are loaded with money and you've done a good thing in the universe right yeah i don't know maybe i'm crazy and maybe i like to look ahead of times but like uh, i just know nothing is wasted Nothing goes away. If you yeah. write even just a little scribble on a paper and throw it away, that piece of scribble is going to be in the existence of the community as garbage for at least a while. <laughs> so, like, 
just archive stuff. You don't think anyone cares. Someone's going to find it. Mm-hmm. Maybe years later, your mom's like, oh, you, you used to draw cartoons. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess I'll be a cartoon artist. And now you're like drawing for the dude who made Garfield and you're rolling in it. And I know money's not the most important thing, but money allows you to work on other stuff because you don't have to worry about the bull crap that money brings, like fin- financial struggle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you could just worry about being a better dad. Or you can worry about how does your son feel inside and how can I acclimate that? Like, better <laughs> stuff. Like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's not a dig at anyone specific. That's just, like, examples. I guess you could replace mother and daughter. You could say autistic kid that you wished was not autistic, but then internally you were like, he's really good at puzzles. <laughs> oh autistic God. jokes are a little hard to pitch on this show. Um <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) If we did it, it wouldn't be disappointing. What do you mean? So, what, how is, uh, rap? (laughs) That's, that's, that's a nod to Metalocalypse if you've ever watched that. How is the rap thing going for you? It's going great. I got a show tomorrow at Omega Music, actually. Where is Omega Music at? Cincinnati, Columbus, Dayton? Downtown Dayton. It's on uh, West 5th Street. Okay. Yeah. How many people, is it just you? Do you have a, are you the headliner? Are you the opener? Are you like? um, I'm, I'm one of the openers. It's about 10 local artists on the act. Okay. On, on the uh, bill. Those are good yeah. because I don't think those shows could go as long as if it was just like a couple dudes uh-huh. and having that big mash of a personalities while may, maybe not everyone's a home run, yeah. you at least have the, the sustenance of like, even if he sucked, you can talk about that later and be like, remember how bad that guy was? And like, that's a talking point. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, <laughs> that's the first burp for anyone at home keeping the burp counter for today's episode we like to burp into the mics here because we don't like to pull our punches so at any point let them rip oh, <laughs> <laughs> um do you like to freestyle um yeah i'm not i'm not as good as i used to be at it but like i can okay. i can do it though like you know do you practice ever not really. I like I, I usually only do it like when I'm with my friends. Yeah, like, we in the studio. Something silly, like, yeah. something to do to warm up. Maybe. Yeah. Do you ever like? I, this is a hard question because, but maybe you'll understand because like we're both artists, and that's a really liberal term that a lot of people at home are going to be like, oh god. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, comedians. We sit at home. We write jokes. We write jokes. We maybe we practice them, or maybe we do improv and mm-hmm. ju- like practice through improv. What I'm saying is that there are many different techniques to be good, uh-huh. but I think the best people of both of our fields m- do multiple forms of practice mm. and multiple forms of execution. Yeah. So I guess, like, in your opinion, what are your forms of practice to be a better rapper, and then what are your different forms of execution? Maybe you have multiple different styles of flow, or maybe mm. you have like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, for practice, I would just say I would just say consistent working like like writing every day you know just something studying your favorite artist right well i will put that in the execution box i I say you know to learn how to execute Mm -hmm. i say study your favorite artist and you know try to do what they do in your own way basically yeah but as far as it's hard to delude from like someone you really like because then if Mm -hmm. you spend all day listening to them it's almost like you're mimicking them right in your own voice and that can be a little dangerous Uh but i think if people can separate that and just Instead, look at the techniques and the little tricks that they're doing and notice not the sound that they're doing, but maybe how they're presenting their words or what rhymes are they rhyming and do those words really rhyme out of context. Uh And that's important because sometimes you can rhyme words together that don't rhyme if you're good enough. 
at flow like example biggie tupac wu-tang yeah. you know so-and-so yeah, any yeah. old gangster rapper i respect mm-hmm. um but that's cool do you i mean where like where does the musical archive knowledge come from like what's wh- what was your base for the music because everyone like had at some point it was just concrete of no music like maybe you're an infant or mm. didn't care about music till your 40s whatever it was just a bass and then at some point you start building what was that first like i really started listening to this this was my first music if you want because me, if, honestly like rap is such a weird thing mm-hmm. to like get into mm-hmm. you have to really like find it almost yeah you know what i mean well if you want me to be honest i say my base for rap music was limewire <laughs> okay that, yeah no that's fine yeah. that's I, there's uh, not no, a person no, to date i don't think like that, that. i'm was dead trying serious to... like like limewire that like i had college dropout on there i had late <laughs> registration i had i had a ti's album i had uh the carter two on there i had like pretty much all the music from like 2005 i love when people walk by wave like it's snl and they're like oh my god <laughs> and it's like we are very weird you're gonna regret that wave in a couple seconds when we bring up a cum joke <laughs> Um, sorry to berate on your <laughs> music rant. Um, I really, at what point do you think like you solidified your style or do you think you're still developing a style of rap? I'm, I'm, I say I'm still developing cause I'm still, I'm still a young artist. Like I, I'm, and I I'm think 20, older artists you know, too, like, like yeah. Snoop and all them still develops new stuff, nah, but at some I point you done. have like one or two. Cause I think good, good rapper, like if They're you developed. were like the best rapper, I think you could come out and do like a hard fast spit like Eminem where there's like no beat in between mm-hmm. it's just like words word, 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 word. and yeah. then maybe you switch it to like a buckshot flow where it's like mm-hmm. Rasta flow yeah. and then maybe like a normal Biggie Brooklyn laid back slow or maybe then like a sped up Tupac or a uh-huh. weird you know what I mean like there's just so much to do and there's so many notes and there's so many different ways you can make sound that mm-hmm. like I don't think people should just distinguish themselves to like being just one SoundCloud rapper that is just like, yeah, my body's all the home and we just all and I'm like, dude, breathe. What are you doing? Like, come on. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. Maybe that's just a little hate because a lot of people from my hometown thought they were rappers and still think and are trying and, you know, you love and respect to the game. But at some point, you know, I do also think you have to be bo- born with a specific bone in your body to be good at arts, and it's called the funk bone, mm-hmm. and that allows you to see the world in just these curved and weird ways, like uh-huh. Jimi Hendrix did in rock and roll, and the way Kurt Cobain did with hard rock, and the way Biggie did with rap in Brooklyn, and the way like Dr. Dre did with like sounds yeah. and samplings in L.A., and just, mm-hmm. oh, I can keep going. I'll just keep sucking the music's penis until it... Oozes oh the sweet flow of jazz. <laughs> I like jazz. You like jazz? Yeah, I like jazz. I saw a meme the other day, and I hate to steal credit, but this was just really funny. You know when they say smooth jazz, does that imply that there is, like, rough jazz? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> like, they're like, ooh, I love I smooth think. jazz. And the dude, like, cuts in. He's like, well, I like my jazz rough. And it's just, like, metal. It's like... I don't even know. It's just, like the, the the saxophone is just spewing metal and fire, and it's like it's just hardcore, and it's like whoa. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I don't think I'm crazy enough or do enough acid to picture that one, Brighton. <laughs> I uh, 
we talk a lot of crap on the show, but at the end of the day, it is, you know, on a Thursday from 8 to 9.30. So really, if you're listening at home and you dispute these things, you can always message into the DJ and tell us how big of an idiot we are. Or you can listen to something else and do more productive. It's a Thursday night. What are you doing listening to two weirdos talk about gangster rap? Which, by the way, one of us is a white-looking, uh, I would say, Hebrew? <laughs> I don't know. I like my hair. Do you like long hair? You have kind of longish hair. Yeah, it's getting longer. It's getting long. I like long hair. I don't think you should cut it. I think you should get it like super long. Mm. I think the best rappers like have some kind of just like look to them to where like even if it's like they don't have a lot going on, mm. that's their style is that they just aren't very flashy. Uh-huh. And like and I hate to say this cuz this is, is a little culture thing but like you can grow specific styles of hair that i cannot right to quote my friend tyler who was the ex uh <gasps> marketing director here tyler he shout out yeah he's probably not listening <laughs> he told me to my face brighton your hair is not nappy enough to pull off cornrows so that's already a style of hair that you can access that i can't because i just can't for some reason it's just curly it's just big and fluffy and it's just not it's not gonna happen i mean I, i've seen i've seen you know white white people, dudes white pull, it people pull it off sometimes it's hard only a select few though it ain't been a lot yeah, but yeah. It's a select few it's, it hasn't it, been a lot. It's though. not a style anyone's pulling off. Like even if you're famous and you do it as a white guy, people are gonna speak up and be like, "Oh, of course, change it back." Of course, yeah. <laughs> I uh, do you ever think you could pull off being bald? If I get diesel, yes. What does that mean? I got if I get big, like oh, yeah, I, I, gotta, I gotta be swole. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. If I'm gonna go bald, I gotta be swole. I can't be. Skinny do you think and bald. that matters for some reason? Like your to, head should be an extension of your muscles. <laughs> I mean, I mean to. It, it's it's just like fits better, you know, like a skinny okay. like a skinny bald dude. Like ain't nobody, you know, sweating that. <laughs> if anything, they're thinking <laughs> maybe be- he's like a chemo patient, and they're like, "What's going on in his life? I feel bad." <laughs> then you see the swole guy, and it's like, well, you know, they're not even worried about the hair. They're like, "Well, he looks like he works out." I'm just, I mean, that's just how um, me, me and one of my that's kind of logical. That actually is like that a very before. logical way to think about that. It's like, well, if I was gonna be bald and I hadn't worry about my hair, I guess I would just work out more and just yeah. make it look correct or something like maybe my head's always flexing and i just look impressive <laughs> or something maybe i'll build up my neck size and i'll just be thicker yeah <laughs> <laughs> i uh i like older stuff but i'm not opposed to new music uh do you have any like newer rappers that you enjoy yeah. over some older ones because i think the older ones are kind of unbeatable but then at some point isn't it kind of unfair to always hold the old stuff to an unbeatable status at some point somebody's got to at least match that skill it, it is unfair but i'll tell you what though to these new kids this old stuff is not unbeatable like yeah. you know a lot of these kids don't think that you know pop mm-hmm. is better than lil wayne and you know somebody, right, somebody right, who right. love 90s rap i mean they'll tell you you know the polar opposite but really i mean it don't matter to me because at the end of the day it's all subjective anyway feel me so and, like, and at the end of the day you know what's also nice to think about it's all these people talking mad trash debating thinking logically coming up with conclusions and hypotheses and all this stuff going back and forth back and forth over music mm-hmm, yeah it's not war it's not drugs not hurting anybody, right. not causing any problems. It's literally bringing culture together. Yeah. And it's secretly bringing like all these different races like on the same terms. Because now, if you're not talking about like blah, 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 racist remark, blah, 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 racist remark, now it's saying he could never play a guitar solo better than blah, blah, blah. you yeah. know what I mean? Like now your debates are about different issues. And honestly, if you're debating about 
the culture mm-hmm. and arts and stuff like that that's beautiful to me even if right. it's just stupid rap debates like okay that's fine like at least you're not like i don't know you know what i mean yeah i just i think there's a lot of stuff people are worrying about nowadays and there's just stuff we shouldn't like mm-hmm. everything and we should switch gears and maybe care about like I don't know. Let's put, like, I know Biggie Smalls is being introduced into the Hall of Fame, uh, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As he should. As he should. But there's also some other people that probably should be in there for, because I, and I'm just going to be that guy to say it. There's a lot of white people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and there's a lot of cool black people that deserve to be in there, too. Uh-huh. I know Jimi Hendrix is already in there, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of really stellar people of color throughout all time. Yeah. Like, if anything, who if I had to pick, like... Let me think on that one. Because I, I have a couple rock artists that I think could be in it now. Who's not in it? Who ain't in it right now? <sighs> I think there are... Tupac's not in it, I don't think. Nah, I, nah, he is. I thought he was. He was 100%? Yeah, I thought it was recent. I thought he got in like... He may have gotten in ago. on the 2016 one. Yeah, I, I thought it was not like been... 2017, something like that. Something like that. I may have... Anyone at home that actually cares, message in and give us the answer because we're too lazy to Google it ourselves before our first culture shock. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just like like there's so much good music in the world, and like I'm not trying to be that guy, but like it's easier to get spotlights if you're white in America. It just mm-hmm. is, and I don't know why we're still at that point. Uh-huh. But at some point we're gonna conquer it. But sadly, it's not today. Yeah, and. A lot of those people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are white, and yeah, they are good music, and yeah, they have skill, and they deserve to be there, but they had that chance to be there because, like, they were white, and it was a little easier for them to work on it. Like Biggie said, you know, I had to deal drugs to fund the rap career. Yeah. That's... Alan Jackson didn't have to trap meth under bridges in Florida to <laughs> sing about boot scootin' boogies and, and 9-11 memorial songs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a different play field. Right. And if anything, black people are working harder for it. So we should see more of them there That's instead. The- mm-hmm. Ugh, it's just aggravating because, like, uh, yes, everybody deserves there. But you know what? Some people, as of right now, are working harder because of the disadvantages they have to live with. Mm-hmm. If anything... They should get more merit, and they're not. So I guess on a you, you, eight twenty five on a Thursday, a white kid's gonna give you that, <laughs> and I hope it counts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy, or maybe I'm overstepping my bounds. But I just have a lot of brothers that are black and of every color and every race and every language they can speak, and it just hurts my heart to think that because of the color they are, they are at a disadvantage in parts of the world yeah that's freaky to me that's what blows me away like why does that matter it doesn't it doesn't yeah sad but that's that's just how it is unfortunately we spiraled into a pro race rant again (laughs) this always feels like an acid trip that went wrong Pac was inducted in 2017 says kellen thank you kellen shout out okay Kellen is going to be a new show on Mondays. Shout out to the ginger. He's going to do a sports broadcast show on Monday mornings, I guess, if you're into that. Oh, okay. I don't really like sports as much, even though my older brothers play professional baseball and my sister just really? got yeah, and my sister just got a full ride to UC for women's golf, which is cool. Oh, congrats. That's what's up. Yeah, so at least like at least all the other siblings are doing well, and then there's Brighton doing that show that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so frustrating because, I don't know, comedy is one of those things, like, music's one of those things that, like, even if you don't know you're good, you can kind of tell 
by the notes and the sounds you're making. And you're like, at the end of the day, you could really just listen to it and be like, this is going to make my head move. or This is making yeah. my feet move and I don't have to try. Mm-hmm. But comedy is one of those things that like, you don't know if it's funny. You have no idea. You're pitching jokes to yourself over and over, making correction, correction. Dude, the first joke you could have wrote of that series of corrections of jokes could have been the perfect one. And then by the end of it, it's now not even as funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at what point are you just, when does it just bleed out of you? I mean, it's no different from writing music. Like, you you write what you feel like is good good to you and you go with it. I will say it's it's the same for, like, the development process. Mm -hmm. But I would say comedy has it harder for, like, the testing and evaluating process Uh because music it's kind of easier to get music out there songs spotify all this stuff but it's kind of hard to have people listen to like a 20 minute set of you doing stand-up or like hear a couple jokes and give you feedback or like get a big audience and hear that real laughter and you know what i mean like testing out that stuff like, it it's harder to hear it ain't hard to hear if it's funny though or if it's good like it, it, it's hard to hear two minutes that i argue on because there are an incredible amount of comedians in the oregon district dayton columbus cincinnati that are killer funny that mm-hmm. have never been discovered or heard of just because how hard it is to get people in the door at the clubs but then that's also a piece of me thinking those comics aren't being smart enough and utilizing the internet utilizing Mm -hmm. other tools about the world to get yourself out there Mm -hmm. and plus comedy is such a versatile tool that like i'm i I try to flex it as many different ways as i can i flex it into radio and audio and do this show i flex it into real world stand-up comedy where it's physical and i'm there telling the stories on the stage maybe one day it'll be squished into the acting thing and you'll do movies or whatever. And mm. it's just such a versatile skill that like, like music, you can use it in so many different ways. Like if you're good at music, you're good at like making jingles for commercials and you're good at hearing stuff and you're mm-hmm. good at just the be, I don't know. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know what? Let's play a button. Cause we've, uh, ranted on for a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy. Uh, what is pleasure? Sometimes the things that give you pleasure could hurt you. Like, I got hurt real bad from candy. Hurt by candy? I tried uh, a hard lollipop. The best part of the the lollipop is a stick. You suck and suck and suck, and you get pleasure. Hippie Joel, what's the secret to happiness? I can't seem to find it myself. Please. I brought with me a mystical root that will help you reach that level of serenity peace it will free you from the fertile soil of ecstasy this is like a cow bathroom unleash your mind let it flow from the feet to the top of your head you will release that pressure that pain you will be filled with unbelievable pleasure feels like my soul's on fire that means the negatives are releasing from your body let it flow feels like my soul's on fire don't pucker. Building my assholes on fire. <laughs> Building my assholes on fire. Building my assholes on fire. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Go with it. Joy. This is how it on fire. Joy. I can't find my teeth. Here we go. Did you need a little lubricant, 
and we're back ladies and gentlemen that was what is pleasure <laughs> if you needed to know what the definition of pleasure was or what it was in its core element it's a guy giving an interview and accidentally eating a very trippy root and then having a very bad trip with a hippie that i'm pretty sure raped him in that, <laughs> oh, God. that sound file so please ladies and gentlemen uh, this marks our 30 uh, minute mark for anyone that's actually listening and didn't scare off by that uh today we're gonna do a different kind of culture shock it's not a song that you probably have heard so this is probably new to every single person even if you've watched the anime uh this is a song i've pulled from a anime that was created by an almost completely african-american staff including voice actors animators and all Mm. excluding the white people like mark hamill that voiced the villain for it which is kind of crazy because he voiced the joker and played you know luke skywalker and you know all this crazy stuff so in that spirit, I thought I would pick a song off that album because I absolutely love Afro Samurai and it is one of the best little stories oh, ever told. Have you seen Afro Samurai? I have. It's hardcore, isn't it? <laughs> He's Oh my goodness. Oh, then I hope you love this. Ladies and gentlemen, for everyone at home then, please enjoy Blood Thicker Than Mud, Family Affair by Stone Mecca Sly something because I can't see the rest of his name on the track and of course, the RZA. So please enjoy everybody at home. Style so retarded, it leave enemies daily departed And we nearly cold hearted, but down for the fam Mad rivers of blood, it started pouring on land This be a warrior's plan without a friend in the world They fight you in the end, but I'm loving my girl Cause she fight for the win, we sport a sinister grin When blowing smoke in the wind, committing menacing sins All in the name of the king With pinpoint precision and the fro this wild Cold razor sharp style again, we killing them down Stay defending on sin, never depending on men Living the samurai cold from a hundred on end Even sharper than Hattari Hanzo And be the last man standing after the last blow Slicing one swiping like a shepherd against you We swarm like the woo when the clan to come blitz you A wise samurai whose alibis is high Humble as a butterfly but a killer inside Strong family ties and keep a quality pride Solidly ride to each other honestly we can fire And tune on the attack, platoon up in the back With room taking no slack, we zoom in the format Typhoons, kabooms and full moons when we combat Killers for contract, with ninjas and all that And if you ain't family we barely gon' interact Lovers for kinfolk Our bond is a killer's pack We strike too quickly For the enemies to react Blood thick as mud And the heart is a roadmap Just a little bit of 
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the first culture shock. It was Blood Thicker Than Mud with a Family Affair interlude. I think that interlude of that highlight, It's a family affair. I mean, that's hard. I always love, like, acapella singers, jazz singers, high-pitched singers, because those are notes I can't reach with my own vocal cords. Mm -hmm. So it's just that much more impressive to see someone physically be able to do so. Um, do you have any kind of like favorite singers, like of uh, kind of not rap variety, maybe? Yeah, I like uh, I like Anne Marie a lot. I That's like, a good answer. I like Mary J. Blige. Okay. Um, who else? I like. Um, I like Tracy Chapman. Oh, okay. I'm really into Tracy Chapman. Like, she's to my opinion one of the best guitar players ever. Oh, word, word. Because she could. I mean, just like the. Boom, 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 boom. Give me my razor. <laughs> like, I can't do the notes, and it sounded like a, a girl was having the worst orgasm of her life there. Oh, God. But uh, <laughs> if it was good, it wouldn't be disappointing, ladies and gentlemen. And just to make sure you know. Hey, Fatso, we got your favorite thing. Disappointment. Just to make sure you remembered, it's the Disappointing Radio Show. And if it wasn't disappointing, then why are you listening? Right. It is 8.30. We've passed the first culture shock. At 9, we will do the second and maybe an outro one if you boys and girls are good at home. Uh, we did have one person message in, Afro Samurai for the win. Then I think that was Kellen. You crazy ginger, go home. <laughs> uh, Childish Gambino Bonfire was just requested. Mm. And then Sweatpants immediately after that. So apparently we've got some Childish Gambino fans at home. Uh, apparently not fans of the RZA's Blood Thicker Than Mud. But you know what? I still liked it. And I don't care what you say, people at home. I don't care that my penis isn't as big. But who, we're, we're not even talking about that. Um, in other news, did you see that Kodak Black got four years? Yeah, i seen that. How do you feel about that? I think... It's unfortunate, man, but, I mean, you know, hopefully he uses that time to, you know, get better, smarten up, and, you know, make better decisions, I guess. I mean, in my opinion, and this is going to raise some question at home because even Abby, Mrs. Disappointment, likes Kodak Black. I'm not a fan of Kodak Black's. Like, I don't care how he sounds. He's uh -huh. been saying some disrespectful—like, it's one thing to not—you don't have to like someone's music, mm -hmm. 
But if you start disrespecting them, uh-huh. that's a difference. Like, and here's the example I give. He was quoted to say that, like, Tupac and Biggie ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be so much bigger. They are going to be forgotten and all that. And I'm like, dude, first of all, stop. You are upsetting not only the West Coast, but the East Coast with those sentences. It does not matter that you're a Mississippi rapper mm-hmm. from the South or from Florida. Mm-hmm. I could care less. The point I'm trying to make is... Someone said free Kodak. Never. He has to be. You can't do bad things and not. I don't, it was Mrs. Disappointment. Yeah, I guess I can't fight her on that one or I won't get sex. Uh, <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, he literally, like, mimicked one of Biggie Smalls' album covers uh, for his own. Oh, yeah. I so, that. like, how do you even say that? Like, you're going to say he's not crap, but then you needed to mooch off his identity for yourself? I mean, Promo. Kodak, at some point promotion uh, it's i'll tell you what it is it's upsetting <laughs> because i'm not gonna sit there and listen to his music now because of if anything i'm gonna resent him because you're if you if you approach those idols with respect and you know say you know i don't like them but other people do and in my goal i'm gonna be bigger than them okay now you've really enticed me because i'm like you think you're gonna be better than them and you don't like them i would love to hear what you think you sound like which is gold because maybe it is and maybe it's just a whole new alien form of rap that we've never heard and it's so new and it's crazy and you're like wow i don't i don't agree with everything kodak says or whatever but i do like the music what did he do he um like what was his like for anyone at home that's listening because people are kind of trickling i thought i I thought what did kodak black do to get arrested i thought i I had no idea i I think it was the weapon charge but i think he still has a rape case pending too though smuggling that's right yeah it now i'm not gonna say this and hopefully get shot kodak (laughs) <laughs> someone said kodak black is gonna be kodak fat in prison oh god which i can see that um but no uh i i think prison changes rappers mm. and i think the best example of that is tupac you know he went in one guy and came out somebody else like mm. everybody says when P- tupac came out of prison just the style was different the confidence was new the abrasiveness like, before that, he was just Biggie's, like, skinny friend that, yeah, he was rapper, of course, and they love making music together, but he didn't have that, like, F.U. attitude. Prison gave him that. Um, so now with 6 9 trying to come out, I'm a little interested, because I hated everything he did before. I'm going to be upfront with that. I'm not a 6 9 fan, but I would be interested to see what new stuff and new perspectives he has on life and what that comes out as in music through his experiences in prison because prison is a very real world real situation and i hate to say this but we need famous people like that to go through that and tell us about the system because that will only make the system better because that's actually going to expose it for like the fraudulent you know behavior that goes on in our judicial system especially towards people of color like People need to go through that and then talk about that. I'll tell you what, though, man. Six nine can't come out and be on no tough guy stuff. He he didn't know he didn't already lost the streets, man. He, he told. That's it. Like, right. like like he broke the code. Like he can't be on no. Tough so you guy. think no one's really gonna like nobody, accept him? Nobody. I mean, I ain't gonna say nobody gonna accept him, but ain't nobody finna take him serious. Like, right. Like like he has to come out make pop music. That's it. He he can't make no street type so sound. So, ooh, that's a good... He, maybe, he can't do that. Maybe rap is behind him now and that's the only direction left lost. Cause here, and this sucks to hear, but he also has options. Like, he's 6'9". People know his face. He's got face tattoos. He's done the whole thing. Like, he's not gonna not have work. And if anything, he... 
if it spirals down that way, maybe he'll just be one of those rappers that ends up being like a like a like a rap coach for money out of like L.A. Uh, in his like fifties, and now he has a gut and no hair, or maybe like it's like only on the sides and it's still rainbow colored, but now there's like a comb over of like a few red and purple hairs like on the top, and it mm-hmm. looks disgusting and. He's racking up not rape charges, but definitely rape allegations because he just looks like a pedophile. <laughs> That's the other thing. I don't know how, and I'm not trying to upset anyone at home that has been raped because <laughs> it happens. But I don't think just because you have a rape charge doesn't mean like people should discredit you, especially like Tupac had one. What you mean? Like Tupac had a rape charge. Pac, Pac ain't do it though. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that. how do we know really? Like, all these people that get them actually do it. Be- and I understand there's evidence, like the Cosby case, there was evidence, and like there is evidence sometimes, but a lot of the time there's not evidence. And that's what's freaky to me. And even Tupac said it best, like when his first rap, rape allegation came out, they were like, he, he was like, the whole story was like, it was Tupac and a couple other men forcibly held down this woman. And Tupac's like, why didn't, why do their names not get brought up? Why do their faces not get Be, described? Because, because, because I'm pop. famous. Yeah, because And, and he pop. said that, but he was like, but that's my point is that it's fake because I'm Pac. And that's what you have to realize that it's an easy story to craft because nobody cares about the other guys because Tupac's there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're the big name. Like, I mean, you, you take the fall because you, you are the most notable person. So, I mean, he he was the person that you know everybody was out to get yeah. until they finally got him. You know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's and just I how hate it that because you shouldn't have to get got to be left alone. If that makes sense, because once you're got, people just for some reason you're you're completely off the radar. Well, well Pac, Pac didn't get got till September seventh, nineteen ninety six. Like oh, pe- yeah. people was out to get him for a long. Like people were scared of him and, and you know the. The type of agenda that he was, you know, bringing to the rap game, like, right, man, like in my opinion, it, it runs so deep with pop. Oh, there's like, so much stuff. There. It, run, like, it runs. He, so he was shaking. Him and Biggie shook each side of the country exponentially. Like, and and here's the other thing, I'd like to think that they secretly were friends the whole time through all of it. Nah, they. Weren't. And I know it wasn't the case because of all the interviews Biggie did, and you could hear the heartbreak in his ta- in his speech where he was like, he he was upset when Pac died. Oh my God, he was over. I mean, he was like. I didn't bail him out because I didn't think I had to. I thought there were a lot of other people in his life with money that could take care of that because, again, I also have stuff to do, my own albums, my own wife, my own kid issues. You know what I mean? Like, Why would Biggie bail him out, though? Like, like They were boys, and I understand that they were, they were the realest of closeness that you could be at that time before the incident happened of him getting shot in the same building mm-hmm. and then that filling Tupac's head with conspiracy theories that Biggie set him up to do it and... That's just ludicrous. I mean, I understand where his fear comes from because we fear our friends the most because they are the closest we allow to our inner circle and they are the closest to our jugulars. And Mm -hmm. we have to fear them because of that because we give them that trust. But trust is a double sided coin, ladies and Mm -hmm. gentlemen. So I don't know. I it's just it just makes me sad because in the end, I know they didn't reconcile. And nobody knows what happens in the afterlife. And maybe they never got a chance to. But as I say that, their feud will forever be engraved in those one to two albums from each of them. I would say Ready to Die and Life After Death. And then for Pac, really just All Eyes on Me, that whole album does its justice. You can go into the other ones, and he does talk crap about Biggie and the other ones, but that album is just so big mm-hmm. and so much work was put into it that that was really his just definitive one that you could just reference a lot. I think, um, I, think life, I like Life After Death more than Ready to Die. I don't. I can't I, agree I with you. Ready death. to die to me. I literally like 
got it on vinyl for my birthday from my girlfriend as the mm-hmm. best present because Ready to Die is an absolute masterpiece. There is no filler. And there's not any filler, in my opinion, on Life After Death, mm-hmm. but some of the songs on Life After Death aren't really completely his songs because they were made and finished after he died due to like you having to only use tracks and samples that they had mm. before he died. And then obviously like if you didn't use it the first time, well, what if it wasn't the best work and it's still good, but not, you did, you definitely hear like this could have been better. No, nah, the whole album was done before big died. I thought not all of it, uh, not I, I, all of it. They mm. produced most of it to my knowledge. And then I think he got like capped, like, he died in March, and the album. Came I know, out in May. I, I know, the I know. A lot of the third album was samples, and yeah, the, and the, the life after death was, was a lot sampling. less sampling. But there was some. Like I think it was like if, if I had were, to put a guess on it percentage wise, I'd say like eighty to eighty five percent of the songs are, le- even, are legit on life oh, after legit, death. Okay, and legit. that fifteen percent margin is like, oh, you can kind of hear the trickling in of that's, like that's still the effect big. of his death. I'd say fifteen percent's fair. I say I say one. I say because one on the third album, it's definitely like fifty fifty at least. Like you could hear a lot of the usage of other artists in place of not having as many lyrics from Biggie due to his absence in life, mm-hmm. but. Even with just a few words, you can craft a beat around that because of the skill that bled from his teeth. Like, I like oh I God. like Life After Death more because that was when Biggie like released. I feel like on that album, like Biggie, like right. I, I think he mastered his style. I can't. Like, I, I understand I, I really where you're coming from did. with that. The, but the, the, ready, the rapping was better on Life After Death. You can't deny that. It was harder because, and I can't even say the full name of the song, but Nibba's Bleed is uh-huh. one of the best stories I've ever heard from any song. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, literally how it starts out with like the background noise of the gunshots, the rain, the suitcases, mm-hmm. every word. They gave just a little sound effect. and It's just a perfect story. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this is beautiful. But like, and I and I this is gonna be a, this is obviously contrary to your belief, but like I could never believe Ready to Die is not his best album, only because it contains juicy respect, the what, who shot ya, and I know who shot ya on the other albums, but like who shot ya came out first on that right, one, right? Yeah. And like, there, I mean, I could keep going. Like, what what are the others? Uh, uh, Machine Gun Funk. Um, I'm just playing the end under, underline song where it adds like the, all the definitive how he wants to bang the R&B singers. I mean, that album to me is an absolute masterpiece. It and is, me and my friend is. Nolan literally talk about it every single time we hang out. And we're like, we literally at one point every day, we'll look at it and be like, it's the best thing we've ever heard. Like, it's the best album I've ever heard. And there's a ever? reason it was my fr- There's not a lot of albums that get that title because there's a couple Nirvana albums that I think are masterpieces. Mm-hmm. And there's also a couple other albums from other artists I think are masterpieces. But Ready to Die... The way, like, the intro of him coming out of the womb, yeah. the suicidal thoughts interlude, uh-huh. like, it's literally everything. It's, it's him it's being so born, becoming a drug yeah. dealer, all the stuff he went through in high school, becoming friends with Pac, mm-hmm. the fallout of Pac, having kids, his wife dying in the song Me and My B-Word. Can't say it, obviously. That's what kills yeah. me. Those songs are masterpieces, and we can't even say the name of the songs on radio. That's messed up. Because those songs deserve to be played because they are works of art. Mm. And I will never think different. <laughs> but then again, I am a white kid. And when a lot of people of color hear me ranting about rap, they're like, what is this? Who took Perks today and who is off his chair? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess to me, like the thing about Life After Death is I can play it in more like in more like places. I like, will say Life After Death has between Ready to Die is definitely a harder album. Yeah. And it definitely like... 
goes more into the gritty, but there was there's just something about the complete flow of Ready to Die. It's just it's just a perfect album. Ready to Die is is more raw, but Life After Death is a lot more polished. Like you you can tell in the production, like yeah. the way Biggie sounds. Lots of background stuff, and it's just but it, it's and, dope. and in this debate to play on my side. Method Man is not on Life After Death, but mm-hmm. Method Man is on Ready to Die in the what. And that, to me, matters because the Wu-Tang Clan is, like, to me, mm-hmm. the epitome of rap. Method Man smoked Biggie on that song. I'm sorry. <sighs> he smoked Dude, him. He got him. I could sing you every word of it and not miss a beat. He like, got him. that is one of my favorite absolute songs on the album. To me, the what or who shot you are the best songs on the album. I've heard Juicy is the best song. I've heard Respect. I've heard... My favorite is One More Chance. Oh, that's a good that's one too. Favorite. Nolan, my, one of my best friends, he thinks um, "Everyday Struggle" mm-hmm. or "Me and My." Oh yeah, them is those are the two because he's like the way he describes the relationship with the woman. I'm just uh-huh. like, dude, it's a good song, but like it doesn't beat "Who Shot You" or it doesn't beat like like. But then that's the thing; they're so good, they all are equal in my mind. Yeah, but you're allowed to have those fun debates over just one album of a dude that mm. got shot way too soon because now we don't get to see the future work. Right. In my head, if they were both still alive. We would see some crazy because Tupac being alive would just push other rappers to want to do stuff. Right. So maybe Dr. Dre doesn't retire, does an album with him and Snoop. That would mm-hmm. be crazy. Biggie does a big giant half Biggie Brooklyn half Wu Tang style Shaolin style album, and the world goes crazy with music. But we don't get to have that because some stupid idiots took music too seriously. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Absolutely hate to see it. And and the other thing I hate to see is when people discredit their deaths like they were nothing. Like, it's just two black rappers. Why do we care? First of all, I would argue that they are Martin Luther's, each of their own, Malcolm X's, if you either or, of music epiphany for their culture. Music epiphany. Okay. They, they literally brought inner slums of Brooklyn, L.A., Compton, everyone. I mean, all those rappers pulled together those communities that were built there by white people to suffer and found that brotherhood through music. Mm-hmm. And now would they realize who the bad guy is? And I'm sorry, everybody home. It's white people. We're the bad guy. We deserve that title. There's a reason most villains in movies are either from Swedish <laughs> or Germany. They're always white. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know how much more we need to say it. Get better. He really went there. I'm just saying, like, black people aren't the villains of the world. They're the sufferers. Wow. And we should say sorry. And I say sorry all the time, but not enough people say sorry or at least recognize the suffrage. But you know what Brighton Jones does? (laughs) So I hope that matters to anyone that's wasting their Thursday with us. Uh, This show's a lot of fun, but it takes me places. (laughs) It takes a lot of energy out of me. How's your day been? Let's make this like a real interview. (laughs) It's been it's been a pretty good day. I can't complain too much. You know, I had a flat tire today, and it took me four hours to change it. Can you believe that? Four hours. I went to the place, and I was like, "Can you please change my tire?" They're like, "Yeah, man." Uh, hour wait. I'm like, "Cool." Hour and a half goes by, and I'm like, "Hey, man, where's that wait?" And he goes, "You've only been here half an hour." And I'm like, "Well, that's not right." He goes, "Give it another." So I'm now there for like three and a half hours. They finally take my car at three and a half hour mark and i'm like they haven't even started working i am going to blow my brains all over this tire discounters and that will be the headline for dayton stories is like local right state teen commits suicide because tire change was just too slow more at seven 
<laughs> back to Becky with puppies and football. Oh, God. Yeah, I just whitewash my death over some news. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you um, party? <laughs> That's a hard question, but I, I like to ask that people now because I'm 21. No, not a whole lot. Okay. Not really. Do you think maybe, and this is maybe just being pretentious, but I do think Suge Knight was a little bit right when he said people in rap booths should have to go through some kind of struggle emotional tear some kind of like street knowledge maybe you're maybe you're a gangbanger maybe you're a drug dealer maybe you're this maybe you're that maybe you do some hardcore bad stuff or maybe you do some just bad stuff that's not bad to anybody else like maybe you take drugs or maybe you you know do whatever not that we condone taking drugs but maybe you go through some struggle internal or external that you can then inscribe in word and song to the mass public because you did that real world thing and they can really relate to that real world connection well i mean everybody has everybody goes through some type of internal struggle i don't i don't care who you are or where you're from i don't care if you're from the hood i don't care if you're from the suburbs like everybody deals with stuff internally right i mean you look at somebody like drake like drake ain't from the hood but he, but he talks a lot about his struggles you know yeah. like so i mean i feel i feel like you know if you want to do music, like, I mean, talk about real life experiences, like, like don't, don't sell drugs just so you can rap about selling drugs is what I'm saying. Right. Like Jay-Z yeah. didn't sell drugs so he could talk about it. But right. Jay-Z was trapping in New York selling drugs. And if anything, do you know the story of Jay-Z? Yeah. How he like my favorite rapper. quit yeah. rapping to go back to selling drugs yeah. because he wasn't making any money. And then all of his friends had to like beg him because they were like, dude, you're good. And I know it's hard for you to see that because mm. I know you know you're good, but like the money will come, just keep doing it. Right. And that's why I tell everybody, just keep doing it. Like we talked about earlier, like if you just stay in it, you'll survive, I think. It's different when you're from the streets though. That is true though. Like, you, and again, we talked about this earlier, the starting points of those races are not as easy. Right. Like a white kid maybe asked for some sound equipment for his birthday because he has a multiple living grandparents and he gets all that stuff. Black kid from the slums of New York asked for it and maybe he gets like like a harmonica, like, like a totally different starting point. I'm not trying to say everyone in the slums is poor, but there are people that are starting off with a disadvantage. I'll and just, it's harder I'll, for them I'll to just... break into that skill set in just that say, group because I'll, of that yeah i'll say everybody's starting point is different, different. and i and I, I remember when uh when drake dropped started from the bottom and everybody was everybody you know had their you know draws in a bunch because right they like you didn't start from the bottom well i mean kind of did really he, every, he started every, as like every, a, every, just a that's what i'm saying like everybody has a starting point yeah so i was like just because like, he didn't start, start in somewhere. slums and he even said yeah. that he goes you know i didn't i didn't uh grow there but i had to go there because i had some moms that knew there yeah like like that's clever because you saw that struggle exactly and like i'm not black but i understand the epiphany of the pain they feel because i was almost pulled over with my older brother amir driving the car because the cop thought it was stolen because it was amir and he was black and then when i leaned up he was like oh and he drove off he had his lights on he we were gonna get pulled over and that's one of the most i mean <sighs> i'm getting i'm ranting you let me race rant again <laughs> you gotta put me in check so i stop doing that Listen, we're going to take a itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini break. Uh, that was the way to transition to that, I guess. We will take it. We will be back very, very quickly. Um, before we do, though, do you want to uh, plug anything? This is the halfway point of the show, and I think this is when people, if anyone's going to really listen to hear something, you should um, you know, really try to hear it. I like when people stop by and they wave, 
And they're always like, oh, man, this is special. And it's like, you'll never hear this instance of a sentence on my Spotify because <laughs> you are not having the energy to actually care because I don't also have the energy to remind you to listen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you said you had a show tomorrow, but, like, do you mm-hmm. have any social media stuff maybe? Yeah, if, um, you know. Because like, the show's not over. We still have another, like, well, this is the halfway point, essentially, the show, but I just wanted to, like, you know. Yeah, uh, yes. Check out my website, www.dnightisreal.com. On Instagram, I'm dnightisreal. Twitter, dnight937. You can also find them in my stuff. I follow them, and we're yeah. friends on stuff, so if you need to find them that way. If you enjoy the episode so far and you're listening maybe at home, you know, give him a, give him a follow. Follow his rap career. Help the guy out. It's all, it's all community stuff, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk for a second, and then we'll play our second Culture Shock. We'll keep going with the show. And hopefully ruin more people's uh, lives along the way. <laughs> Enjoy. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. You are listening to WWSU 106.9 FM, Fairborn Dayton, Dayton's right choice. But you have to understand that as far as Grandpa's concerned, you're both pieces of cuckoo. Yeah, I can prove it mathematically. Actually, let me grab my whiteboard. You are listening to WWSU, 106.9 FM, Dayton's Right Choice. Your grandpa listened to us when we first became cool. Man, I hate commercials. Don't even say the C word to me. Where'd that loser Brighton at? No and B? He probably out there boxing birds and shiz. Let's get back to it before anyone tunes out. <sighs> you think anybody's still listening to this crap? You tripping, big dog. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from commercial, if anyone is actually still listening, which I doubt you are because this is a disappointing radio show, and if you were, why would you be? We were talking about rap, we were talking about stuff, he was plugging stuff, we're back. Um, there was a weird silence break, I hope I can edit that in post. Like I said, if if we did it correct and it sounded perfect at least once, then we would literally have to stop doing the show because we're no longer disappointing and we have lost the essence of, of awful. I'm not, if it's not upsetting my parents... Why do it at all? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I uh, Are your parents, like, cool with you being a rapper? Yeah. Mine aren't. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and they, they, they don't really like comedy. Well, I mean, I guess they do. I don't know. <laughs> That's such a hard sentence. Just like, your parents don't really laugh. And it's like, well, they do, but not at me. <laughs> um, no, they just think I can do a lot more. But, like, at some point, don't I get to say, like, where what my heart wants to do? Yeah, I mean, at some true. point, I, I'm sure you asked yourself and you were like, what do I want to do in my life? It's like, I, I, I want to do music. Like, this is what, this is the, the, what, what does your heartbeat drum bounce your steps to, sir? They weren't, they weren't okay with it at first until I showed them that I was really about it. Then right. They, and they got behind it. See, I'm still trying to show them that I'm really about it and they're still resenting it. Oh. Heavily hoping that maybe this is like one really long acid trip that I'll snap out of and be like, oh, I want to go back to taxes and be boring white people stuff. Like, <laughs> I love sour cream and mayo. <laughs> ugh, ugh. I hate both of those. And just that sentence made me like curdle inside of... Ugh. Do you have like um a favorite go-to food at like like cookout like barbecues kind of stuff like maybe you're in search of like when i go to like family cookout stuff i immediately seek out like macaroni oh of course because like macaroni is one of those things that people can like kind of always do different homemade Man. do you have like a go-to like 
I hope someone's making this. This this is what I'm gonna say. You can't have no bomb cookout if you ain't got no no bomb mac and cheese. If you ain't got no, if you ain't got no good burgers, if you Facts. ain't got no good ribs. Although burgers are like a Vietnam flashback word for me because my ex roommates used to make hamburgers, and I'm not kidding by this, almost every single day of their lives. <laughs> like, and you think I'm you you're laughing? I lived it whole year every single day. Mmm, burger meat smell in the air again. What do I wake up to? Mmm, burger meat oh, smell wow. again. What's tomorrow? <laughs> I think I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> burger meat smell again. Like, <laughs> like I can't. Ugh. I don't know. I don't I don't name names cuz I try to that that's me being nice. I'm it's my show. I can say whatever I want. And that's what people don't understand is that I, it is I can do whatever I want and me not saying your names is the nice gesture. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever butt hurt anyone at home because I've told a story about you, probably know that if I used your real name, then it's actual disrespect. If I didn't use your real name, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh before we rant and do um some rapping cuz I told my guest today that we were going to rap at some point freestyling or some variation of that um, i will play our second culture shock for the day mm-hmm. um not to be that dude but it is off the same album it happens but sometimes uh you know some artist hit some balls so hard out of the park that they circle the globe multiple times and it's really like a multiple home run if you can picture that one, like it's a Superman style hit where it keeps going, like just because you found one song on the album you like doesn't mean you shouldn't keep going through because you may find other stuff you like. Mm-hmm. That's why I also don't like when people are like, I don't want to listen to new stuff. What a ludicrous sentence that is. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want new things? That's like saying you want to be old and 80 and only like butter noodles forever. Oh, I would God. kill myself. So before we ran into like more jokes, I guess, about white people. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy by Stone Mecca, Radig Something, and the RZA, Girl Samurai Lullaby. Oh, 
to call it S.I.O. Or you can call me bad business Talking eyes wire boys in the hood Down the menace The skull smasher Basher Chicken head mangler To use you as a tool for my misplaced anger The dude ripper Cause they don't even see me come out I blindside them But they can even get their guns out Now who next to try? Who next to die? What you call fighting for your life? I call exercise Huh Coming through, looking like Lucy Lou, whipping shanks out, running down the block. Woody woo! Oh, you acting all intrusive. We rolling kind of deep up in this piece. Now don't be foolish. Don't make the sister lose it. That would not be conducive. But wouldn't be the first time people die for something stupid. Stupid. Silly little girl in a man's world. Wish I could fly. Dilly lily girl caught up in a twirl. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I hope you enjoyed Girl Samurai Lullaby by Stone Mecca. Uh, Dexter Wiggle, someone else, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about rap. Uh, we should probably switch gears at some point, but also, you know, I would like to freestyle. Do you like to be a beat man or do you prefer to be the front man for lyrics when it comes to like freestyle stuff? If you're like kind of with your buddies, because me and Nolan, like, it's off and on. Like, sometimes I'll just like just want to make a beat out of nowhere, like. Or something like that, and then uh, he'll want to spit, or maybe he'll just start doing something stupid. And I'm like, keep doing that, and I'll hear it, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right keep doing that. Mm. Now add this, and then we'll just kind of spiral into that. No, I'm the, I'm the verse man. Like when I was in middle school, my uh, lyricists. Yeah, yeah, it's. I remember uh, when I was in middle school, me and my homies, we would always like freestyle in the cafeteria and stuff. That's funny. And one of my best friends, uh, his name's Anthony. Shout out to the homie Anthony. He um he would always like you know beatbox for me, and mm-hmm. I I just freestyle like. And we just take turns going around the circle. Sometimes that's we, awesome. we roast each other, battle or whatever. It was just all fun. And that's kind of where it all started at, honestly. So Playground rapping. Yeah. That's hardcore. Here we are. I love that. Yeah. I uh, I did the same thing in lunchrooms, but instead of rapping, I was pitching material that was a little too vulgar for children ears. But at the same time, I was a child. So I thought everybody was cool with PP jokes, but I guess not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not to not to bring up uh, PP jokes, but Chris Brown is doing all right, I guess. And <laughs> wow, or is that R. Kelly? See, sometimes they I run mean, into each yeah, other. <laughs> you meant you meant oh, I'm R. Sorry. Kelly. Let's get it right. Chris Brown beat a chick, and then R. Kelly's the PP tape. Let's get that correct, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see the face. I, I wish I could just have a camera out in the hallway because everybody, every time someone walks by, and they're just like, "What did I stumble across? And <laughs> how can I forget it very quickly?" Because that madam and and anyone else was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I want to come to your rap stuff at some point. What is the admission for tomorrow? Tomorrow, I. Th- I think tomorrow's free, actually. Yeah, that'd just be cool. Slide through, yeah. And I got another show on the twenty second, right? At, uh, Bar Granada's downtown day, and that's five dollars to get in. Cool. And, and I got and I got another show on uh, on the thirtieth at uh, Jimmy's Ladder Eleven, mm-hmm. and I think that's also five dollars to get in too. So I'll send you the flyers. Like I'll DM you. I, oh, I'll for DM sure. Like because yeah. I want to come to some of that stuff, just because like I don't know. I like the culture, mm-hmm. and while I may not be impressed by everybody, just 
like stand up, seeing people put themselves out there is yeah. nice. Because then it really relates you, and you're like, you're not so alone mm-hmm. in the world, and there's like-minded individuals that are just literally trying their best to do either comedy and make people laugh, or rap and spit something that's going to impress someone, or just for 10 seconds, stop thinking about the lifelong struggles of things that you have going on in your life, and just maybe mm-hmm. tune out and, you know, head bob and enjoy, and right. not, you know, dwell, and feel like absolute human garbage i don't know maybe i'm spiraling into my own depression you like horses <laughs> just switch it to like something totally different i uh i grew up on a farm uh kind of in the country no neighbors the ones that were they were like 85 year old german baptist they could uh, make bread but they couldn't hold a conversation to save their lives out here in dayton yeah well i, I live like 50 minutes away it was like lewisburg it was kind of oh, on, the, okay. on the border of indiana okay but yeah like i was up in amish hood and like that stuff's crazy. I, I've i got a good story. Uh, shout out to Logan Pettit for telling me this story because he, uh, I can say his name because he was not part of this story, but he had told me the story of one of his best friends who will not be named due to the illegal nature of this story. But let's say his name's Mark. Mark met a bunch of Amish dudes Mm -hmm. that during this time of their life, and I don't know what you know about Amish culture, they like to break out of their own culture one time to see if they want to enter the real world because as you know or may not know, Amish people don't have phones, don't use technologies, are boring is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So they like to just go out into the world and do a bunch of crazy hardcore stuff and then they're like, well, I guess I either like that or I don't. And I guess that's a good way to measure life. But these Amish folks met Mark, and Mark is a hardcore MF, and we'll leave it at that, because he decided to roll up to a Dayton strip club with 12 Amish, like, amaphrodite, like, whatever the the little word you, like, little, little Amish people were that you used to label them, rolled up with 12 dudes with beards and suspenders and all, Got all black strippers, did coke off their, like, tuckuses. What? For the, I mean, like, hardcore stuff. <laughs> and it's just one, I mean, it's just all these white dudes, because with all black strippers, doing coke, like, breaking out of their own Amish culture. And at the end of the day, while a lot of crazy stuff's happening in the picture, you gotta think that's the most awesome thing to happen in culture bridging is, like, all African-American strippers with all crazy-looking Amish MFs doing all lines of coke, everybody on the same level of ecstasy. And for that moment, no one's really thinking about technological advances, religion, I'm gonna what keep, happens after hey, death. I'm going to be real, bro. You, you lost me at hermaphrodite strippers, bro. See, <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's a hard, oh, wow. I mean, it's a hard story. A typical Friday night says, uh, Woo. Postal Private. Whoever that is, the names that this generator comes up with are crazy. Or I like to imagine that people are coming up with those own crazy names by themselves. But Postal, Pirate, whatever I said, a typical Friday night in Ohio is correct. (laughs) If you don't party with some Amish dudes with some hermaphrodites and do lines of cokes. Like like, uh, Always Sunny has the best uh, quote about that. It's like, now let me just crush up one of these pills and snort the line off your ding dong. What do you say for old time's sake? And he goes, oh "Oh, my gosh. I think I'm going to (laughs) leave. I, uh, you know, I played a lot, but I, you haven't heard it, so I just like to see people's face. Um, when you snort lines off of someone's ding-dong, you have a lot of issues, but you also have... 
I got AIDS. We're coming through. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm a doctor. My patient's got to get to the front of the line because he has AIDS. I got the AIDS. Got from a gay guy in the 80s. I'm not gay. I mean, but it has two kind of AIDS. Is the vagina AIDS and the needle-based AIDS. I'm a vagina guy. Well, no, actually, my test results showed that it was the gay AIDS. All AIDS are bad. No good AIDS. But I'm telling you, like I said, this is not the gay AIDS. This is not the gay AIDS. I love that sound button, and I try to play it every chance I get because the He-Man smashed with the Always Sunny AIDS bit to me is like the pinnacle of comedy. (laughs) Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, there's just some crazy dudes have some crazy stuff. And my thing is, like, those Amish dudes, they're never gonna get convicted for doing all that coke and banging hermaphrodite strippers and doing all crazy stuff and just going with the flow because they're white dudes that live in the farm. Like, the, the government isn't concern with them and the frank uh, the reality that we need to face is why is the government concerned with certain masses of populations and not others they should either be concerned with everybody or concerned with nobody you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know i'm not a fan of the government <laughs> um you got any good stories i got some but i'll let you try to tell me some crazy adventures or friends crazy adventures that you're allowed to tell because it's layered under personas of who is that <laughs> Cra- like crazy adventures yeah crazy adventures I like mean, the hermaphrodite bang a amish story <laughs> me and my friends they never did nothing crazy no nah, like, we're kind of sensible mean... <laughs> and aren't insane <laughs> that's funny i uh let's see what, 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 what. I think I can tell this story because it's not really like they're not really in a place to where this would affect them financially. So I guess I can tell this story. It just comes off a little not racist, but like you'll hear it. Um, So I was at dinner once with my family. And at the time, this current state of my family, because I've had multiple different older brothers and multiple different times of having different older brothers live with me, so and so on. This point in my life, I had my older brother Lutz, who was black and from Germany, so he was just a package of a person, mm-hmm. personality-wise. And I had my other brother Frank, who was white, wrapped, I mean, just, just ripped, nice guy. Um, both played for the Dayton Dragons, rat dinner at Pizza Hut, and they're talking about World War II. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why. I think they had both smoked a joint, TBH. But none, none, nonetheless, I can't rewind time to tell you those details. But they were going off about, you know, which country could have won if so-and-so would have done difference. Because a lot of people like to play that in their heads like, oh, if so-and-so would have done that. At some point, and Lutz is a German full through, so his accent is all the way there, stands up at the table, slams his hands on the ground, and goes, You know what, Frank? If I would have been a Nazi, I would have killed all the Jews because I would have been a killing machine. And then... Four minutes of silence followed that, accompanied by, Frank, remember when I told you I'd have been the best Nazi? I am sorry. I would have not killed Jews because killing Jews is wrong. And I'm like, wow, Lutz, it took you four minutes to apologize about massacring Jews. We're going to work on that bit later. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) But the point I'm trying to say is I've lived a very different life. I've had multiple different older brothers influence me with very different styles of humor and very different styles of life. I mean... I remember one time uh, my older brother Sal moved in and it was the first night I had ever met him and we just moved his stuff in downstairs into one of the ba- in like one of the basement bedrooms and he was I got a phone call from an unrecognized number and I'm like I don't even know who the f- this is I answer it it's Sal and he's like are you awake and I was like who is this he goes it's me and I'm like me who he goes I'm in the basement and I'm like I'm gonna freak out if you don't say your name 
He goes, it's Sal. And I'm like, oh, okay. I thought a demon was calling me to like butt rape me from below or something. What? Well, I don't know. If you're getting a phone call, it's like, I'm in the basement. Come down. What do you think's going to happen? Regardless, he's like, dude, I had an injury today on the field and I really need some help. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll come down in a second. So I turn the lights on, you know, down the stairs. I see Sal. He's got a bruise. And for anyone at home, I just put my leg on the table for emphasis. Right all in the inner thigh, like the whole inner thigh from kneecap to like where the balls would droop at, if to give you like that kind of uh, physical okay, mapping okay. representation. <laughs> to give you that, like that big area. I didn't see his balls. I'm giving you a range of leg, is what I'm trying to say. And the whole thing was a bruise. And I was like, dude, what happened? He goes, dude, I was pitching and a guy hit a ball right at me and I couldn't dodge it. And I was like, well, that's crazy. Why are you telling me this? He goes, because I need your help. And I'm like, well, where is this going? He goes, I have to put on a lotion on the bruise. And I legit can't even, like, move my shorts because I'm in so much pain. I'm like, what are you about to tell me? He goes, I'm about to bite down on this piece of wood. And you're going to put the lotion on my thigh. And I'm like, I don't even know you yet. But he ended up uh, growing up and playing for the Reds. So I guess at some point I can say I helped form the MLB staff of the Reds. Because I <laughs> nursed a pitcher's leg back to health. And accidentally touched pitcher scrotum i mean saw no balls sir oh god <laughs> uh, but i don't know i i love all my family and it kind of irks me when some people are like how can you be all your brothers a different color <laughs> wow it's like color doesn't freaking matter and it's your family and they come back for christmas and sometimes thanksgiving i mean they're busy and they have to travel the globe so it's hard but like they're family you know what i mean that's what it irks me when like people don't give certain people credit for like you know, music status because of race and culture or, like, political affiliation or anything because of that. Because, like, what? what? We all got to come. So uh, why do why why are their needs different than yours? We're all people. We all just trying to get off. <laughs> That's how I like to look at it. Wow. Someone said you liked it, and I don't know what that means. Oh, <laughs> uh, So how'd you like the show? These are weird. <laughs> I... I never know how to pitch this when some I when I ask someone to come on because I'm like, hey, how do you do you want to come on the show? And they're like, yeah, yeah, what's it about? I'm like, oh, uh, you'll see. <laughs> Did you have a good time? It's been interesting. <laughs> that was the reaction. That was all I needed. He goes, it's been interesting. I'll say that. It's it's been something. I'll uh, let me in. Oh my goodness. Okay, you ready for this? I've never done this. You stall for like a minute of talking. I'm gonna go let another guest in for this last eight minutes. You ready? Okay. Go. All right. No silence. (laughs) All right. Shout out to everybody who've been, you know, showing love. Make sure you go check out my newest EP, Hidden Gems. It's available on all streaming platforms. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at D Night Is Real. Add me on Facebook, uh, Twitter D Night Nine Three Seven. SoundCloud.com slash D Night Is Real. Plug stuff. I'm about to blow myself. I'm plugging myself in, man. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. We've heard it before. Look who joined us. The ginger to be, Kellen. Oh, from that, last oh, oh, episode. That was, oh, that was you sending the message. Yeah, he was oh, like, okay. let me in. And I was like, I don't... What's happening? Rubbing the lotion. Was that also you? Or was that no. Patrick? Oh, well, um, now I'm really worried about who that was. Um, how'd you like the show? How'd you, you, did, you, did you listen to the, today's episode? I heard... I saw a couple comments from Kellen, so I assume so. Um, the Kodak Fat comment was mine, too. I just didn't put my name on that one. <laughs> That's funny. Do you? What do you think about the Kodak situation? Um, this isn't his first time in jail, so I'm not. Is it? Is it not? Mm, It's not. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, that changes things for me. (laughs) Well, I think that's why his sentence is longer too, because of that. Well, 
he did like racketeer a bunch of guns. I think that's going to get you a pretty big charge of anything. I, well, think I don't his, think it was, his sentence is pretty it, small. It, it, wasn't, racket, it, was, it no. wasn't racketeering. No, was that racket, not what it was? Somebody said he lied about some charges too. So mm-hmm. it, it was. It's a lot of stuff for real. He had like a dang. Stuff. He had like felony weapon charges, but racketeering is like forty. Yeah, racket- years. He only got like four years. <laughs> He really? Was, he was facing eight, I think, but he only ended yeah. up getting four. He might have fessed That's some stuff. That's kind of crazy. Some stuff. I, uh, I, I, I'm not a big Kodak fan, especially when he dyed his hair yellow and looked like Lisa from The Simpsons. I was like, what is happening here with this dude? Like, do you think, I, I know people need a niche to them, but like, I also don't agree with the fact that you should have to like make your body a billboard to get seen. Like, I don't like the way 6ix9ine approached his look. Like, he looks terrible with the rainbow hair and the tattoos all over like i love uh, second birthday i love ink i have a big tattoo on my back like i'm gonna get a bunch more when i'm older and i have the money but the point is like don't don't just do that to do it it's permanent and it's your look and it's what you're presenting to the world and that's just his brand though yeah yeah but i don't think you should have to brand yourself to be found well like, if you're not good enough brand, alone, brand music is important wise, brand, mm-hmm. people people underestimate the power of a strong brand Brandon, you think so? Th- th- yeah, that's why Jay Z's still around. He because his his name is a strong brand. He did kind of do that in brand is um, what brand is what separates you from everybody yeah, that's else. How you, that's well, how he they got literally they were coming up and they were making money and they started that label um, that was like challenging Bad Boy, and which all was these. which it was more than a label. It was a brand. And then they were like, "What? All right, uh, they have headphones. Why don't we just make our own?" And then they kept doing that kind of, and they just kept making so much money. Of any of the rap groups, they mm-hmm. definitely made the most money for themselves, the yeah. smartest way possible. So oh, I yeah. will always give Jay Z that like credit of like whoever, no matter who they say is self made. Jay Z is pretty self made. Like everything to the core is him, and definitely gotta be like, you know. It don't even matter. How was your day, Kellen? Uh, this is my second show I've been on today, so pretty good. You've been on another show today? You slow slut. Where have you been today so far? Um, I was on Natalie's show earlier for that. I was just oh, on the Oh, did board. she let you talk on it? Yeah, I was How on How did it. that go? It was pretty good. We just talked about, like, we talked about, like, current events. So we talked about, like, Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus? <laughs> oh, my God. Did you guys get Disney Plus? My girlfriend I'm got it. She it. was over ecstatic. And I was I'm like, honey, I've seen... Walt Disney's movies before. I understand he secretly wants to kill all the Jews. What are we trying no. to get to? <laughs> no, you did you know that he's like a huge anti-Semite? Like Mm-mm. Walt Disney is like on record, like like he used to have crazy amounts of black and white cartoons that were like killing Jew, not like propaganda stuff, like Donald Duck with Hitler stuff, like all the time. Like, did either of you know that? That was like way back in the day. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Like mm. I'm not, get, I'm, not just, I'm not justified. I'm just saying it was way back in the day. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to belittle, like, Disney, because I'm. It, a lot of people like it. A lot of people go. A lot of people enjoy the services and companies and movies they make. But, like, at its very inner core, it was started by a racist. So, at some point, we should call them out on that and then move on. A lot of these companies were, I just though. don't think we should, like, brush yeah. it under and, like, not care. You know what I mean? Like, cr- like the whole Christopher Columbus thing of, like, Oh, sailed the ocean blue, 1972. Or maybe he killed a lot of Indians and we should have an Indigenous People Day instead and make it right. Well, we already <laughs> settled that, though. Like, we already determined Christopher Columbus is trash. Mm-hmm. Like, that ain't that ain't news to us. Mrs. Disappointment said, I am from Mickey Mouse's state and God bless, I will watch his movies. Listen, they're good movies. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying the money is coming from an anti-Semitic place. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't spiral into calling Walt Disney a Nazi. <laughs> 
But then again, if we didn't, it wouldn't be disappointing. Um, Kellen, you're starting a show Monday, and mm-hmm. I talked about it for a sec. Why don't you actually talk about that? Because right. you're going to be joining the staff soon. All right. So my show is like a current event sports show. So, for example, my show on Monday, hopefully on Monday, that we're going to talk about like Astros tipping pitches off with the camera because they got a uh, camera in the center field and they can see the pitcher's uh, sign like that he's giving us. Is clock. that real? Yeah, so listen. I didn't know that happened. All right, so That's this, actually kind of crazy. So your brothers probably know this too. DD probably knows all about this. Right. Um, what they do is they got a sign, and any like catcher in the MLB, they'll have signs with their pitcher. So, right. Um, they got that camera, and if there's yeah. an off-speed pitch, so like a slider or a changeup, you'll hear a bang from the dugout. And if it's not clever, so, and it's not off-speed pitch. You won't hear anything. And like a good MLB pitcher, I mean, not pitcher hitter, yeah. they can sit on that fastball. And no. That's major cheating. This is yeah. worse than Spygate. This is worse than Deflategate. This it's, is worse it's almost than, as bad as like people putting grease in like the top of their hat so they can well, like put more curve on the ball. That's like not cheating. That's, that's not that bad. Cause that, that, it's a this, level of cheating. It's so a level of cheating, but that's more gamesmanship. This is straight up electronically cheating because you see the sign and a second later you can hear the bang. It's a they're bashing a metal trash can. You can hear it in right. the clip. <laughs> so that's wild. Are you a big sports guy? Yeah, I'm big. What do you? What I'm not a huge sports guy, but I like my teams. What do you? What sports do you like, and what like teams do you like? I watch football and basketball okay. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any like top one to two teams for each? Oh yeah, I only got, yeah. My favorite uh, basketball team. Uh, I'm a big Cavaliers fan. And yeah, uh, fo- okay. football. I got a lot of Cavs friends. Yeah, I'm I'm a big LA Chargers fan too. Mm. You the wanna, you the only thing I've ever like held as a like I guess a, a racism for sports fans is if anyone's like I'm a Pirates fan, immediately I'm like, oh, I hate you because I hate all Pirates fans because yep. I've been to many Pirates baseball games. Mm. Every Pirates fan is trash. <laughs> they hate you. They hate everyone. Ex- they hate themselves. Like I don't know what their deal is, but they want to die and they want everyone to die in their stadium for some reason. <laughs> Um, and on that note, we're going to play the last culture shock for the show and come back and sign off the show with some jokes or talking or whatever. Uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy You Already Know by Sugar Bang, Inspect the Deck, and RZA off the Afro Samurai Resurrection album. So please enjoy. I'm more replacing my fisherman. I take a rim shot and walk away whistling. Plot on tops of the fox fam at the christening. Bubble boost double loop like the Michelin man. Streets of NYC to the Michigan man.
engine and I'm second to none Son, it's better to run Try and test before you get to your gun You gon' leave with your head in the trunk Show up, I'm a beast on the strip Realize you done said your last words once I reach for the hip Man, don't even give me reason to flip It's the season to flip You know the drill, so don't even resist The kid live with the blade One with the jungle Calm and I'm humble, but I said it in the rage I'm looking for some get back, get back I'm quick to push a wig back It's the shit that did that Now I'm on your head like tight pants All across mountaintops, deep water and highlands See me, see the end of your days For all y'all, I'm deaf in the flesh Remember my face Well you know, you already know Well you already know Well you know, you already know Well you already know Well you know, you already know Well you already know Well you know, you already know All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that last culture shock for the evening. That has been the disappointing radio show. My guests have been on mic one. The night. And on mic two, surprisingly, joining us at the end was... Kellen Schultz, a.k.a. DJ Red. Oh, that is that the name? I yeah. love that. DJ Red, it's, you should... Hunt- it's... it's- very, I don't know. I just want to have like a one syllabus word, just so that's it's like, good. You should. I like that DJ Red. The whole ginger thing. It's gonna play well. Hope so. <laughs> um, any last remarks? Uh, the last comment of the night was from Pothead Potato. Says, <laughs> "What sport did you play, Brighton? Table tennis? That hurts my feelings, oh, but man. that's it's probably not that that sport. <laughs> You're right. I played golf like a real white person. Yeah, to get you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I. They're a little right. I mean, I love table tennis. <laughs> oh, this has been the show. I hope you join us next week for anyone that's listening at home. Um, it's a disappointing as always. Again, my guess we didn't spit raps, but who knows? Maybe uh, come. May, if anything, we'll make a like a little radio button of us rapping, and it'll be hilarious. And then I'll just always have it on the show. Um, tune in next week. The episode will be on Spotify tomorrow. If you're listening in the future, then congratulations. You know how to follow directions. Who do we got next week? Uh, next week, I may have some lesbians on. That'd be cool to have a big lesbian episode of, like, everybody in the studio doesn't really like penis. So I think that'd be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Disappointing Radio Hour. I've been DJ Disappointment. Follow us on anything. Re-listen to the episodes. Do whatever. Have a good night. And not God bless, because we're not going to subjugate you to that. And if anything, Buddha bless. Be gone. <laughs>